0: Yeah, LaTanya Wilkins, and I'm the founder and CEO of The Change Coaches. This,
1: this, this is a this this diversified game. 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 game.
2: A podcast giving entrepreneurial advice from a diverse and inclusive perspective with Kelly. He may
1: agree, he may oppose, and it's more than just race. It's about, you know, ideas.
2: So let the game begin. Hey,
1: it's Kellen and today on Diversified Game, I have a fun speaker, new author, you guys, links will be in the description box so you can get the pre-order if it's not already out while this goes out, but I have Latanya Wilkins and she's going to give us the game on how she can make you entrepreneurs especially and executives better because she is a team coach. Latanya. welcome to the show. How are you doing?
0: I'm doing great, and I'm excited to have some fun today.
1: Well, I, I hope that is, you know, I hope it's not uncomfortable where we're crying like the old, uh, you know, uh, talk shows where oh, I, my, they never love me. No, that's not what we want to do. <laughs> we want to talk about, you know, what you do to improve people, because with the social media age, people are finding their coaches, their, you know, their their brothers, their teachers, all this stuff, but you focus on, you know, making people better. I'm going to assume getting them organized and focused on the big picture. So tell the people about yourself and your business.
0: Yeah, so I run a company called The Change Coaches. So I'm the founder, CEO of The Change Coaches, and what we do is inspire meaningful awareness and change in organizations. So the three big things we offer number one are is team coaching we coach executive teams to create cultures of belonging we also offer a regular executive coaching and that's that's we coach the only ones at work so people who are the only black black person or only lgbtq like those types of folks and then we also do a lot of uh, customized workshops so that's what we do as as a change coaches and then Um, As me, I also do speaking and and I'm an author as LatonyaWilkins.com.
1: Well, I know you've heard this before, but I just want for those majority of the people are listeners, but for those who are watching, they're going to say a change coach. This person, it just came out of high school, you know, black don't crack if you take care of it and don't (laughs) smoke it. So, you know, how did you get into the coaching side? Because you are, I'm going to assume fairly young and I want people to know like your experience before they you know find you and say oh that's why you know she's yeah she's Yale that's why she can teach us you know (laughs) (laughs) Yale can teach us all day but
0: yeah yeah you know I I black don't crack I look a lot younger probably than I am like every yeah I know I got last week that I looked like I was in my 20s and I'm like oh yeah so um so yeah I've got A very uh, conventional corporate career followed by, I guess, an unconventional entrepreneurial career. So my experience, Fortune 500 companies, I did even a lot in, in consulting, big five consulting firms. And so that was the first part of my career. And then I moved into... Uh, leadership development, went to coaching school. So I actually have have completed several coaching programs and have my credential. And then I did a bout in, in higher ed as a teacher, um, as a instructor, and then also leading culture at a, a top business school. So I've done a lot of different things. Uh, and so yeah, I definitely, I will tell you, I am the person that hates when people call themselves coaches and they are not real coaches because it's actually, it's really dangerous. It's like people saying they're therapists or trying to deal with trauma with people and they they have no credentials around. I mean, it's just not something we should be doing. Uh, But yeah, so I'm glad you asked me that because that's actually something that I I think the world needs less of are people that, that claim they're able to do work like this and they don't have the credentials to do it or the experience.
1: Well, and, yeah, and I like to make it clear for people like me, because I sometimes cringe when I hear people say I'm a life coach at like 21. And I'm like, you don't even haven't even done life. So I like to make it <laughs> clear on, you know, I, I, I hinted the Yale um, School of Management, but I mean, the woman also went to Manchester. I mean, this is a highly educated person. Um And I just want people to know before they reach out to you. Now, what is your like sweet spot that you just love to like find and coach people? Or what type of entrepreneur or executive do you love to have?
0: Yeah, so I I would say like most of my time, about 80% of my time I spend coaching executive teams. And I love that. That's where I make probably the most impact. I mean, I, I would say it's tied with those with the executive teams and the only ones at work. Uh, but the executive teams, the ones that I love to coach are typically uh, quickly growing organizations. They are probably in tech. They are probably, um, they're, pro- they're very open uh, to, de- to, to changing their cultures. And they're willing to commit to six months to a year together. Uh, in team coaching sessions and individual coaching sessions, so those are—I would say those are probably—that's probably my sweet spot. When it's the only ones that work, typically it's someone who is on an executive team, and they are the the only person of color uh, on that executive. That's probably mostly what I get with with them, and so I'm able to coach the the person that is the executive and then their their boss to make the environments. Uh, more inclusive and empowering for them. So those are those are probably my two. Um, I also love speaking. You know, it's kind of crazy because we we're in COVID, and so all of my speaking has been online. And 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 I find ways to do it. I found some different platforms, but there's nothing that beats being on the stage. And so I'm really hoping to get back to more of that next year. I already booked some keynotes in 2022, and I'm hoping that those remain in person.
1: And so. For the entrepreneur out there who, you know, they're growing their business, they're expanding. Um, You even have now, you know, influencers who um, have various uh, people on their teams, Sometimes they get intimidated. They say, wait, a coach sounds good, but it also kind of sounds expensive. Sounds like, you know, I could get, I don't need it. So I won't even ask. Can you tell people when they come to you in what range on a monthly or quarterly or even yearly, where do they need to be? So people don't contact you and say, Hey, I got $500. Can I get a year of your time?
0: (laughs) Yeah. So I'm going to keep it real here. Um, I, so when I first started coaching and, you know, I was doing a lot of coaching and organizations uh, as an employee before I went out on my own as an entrepreneur. And when I started, I started conventionally coaching. And what that meant is that I was going out getting individuals and doing individual plans with them. I was finding a lot of clients on Instagram and I found that wasn't for me uh, for many reasons. I think... My my mo is better used in corporate. I do. That's not to say I don't do some of those uh, those types of engagements here and there. For example, if I have someone that's a huge fan of my services and has used them before, they might refer like their kid or their 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 spouse or whatever. So I'll I'll do those on a case by case basis. So if you're if you're here if you like what you're hearing and you you want to you want to work with me, what I would say is if you're an entrepreneur, uh, you should have a professional development budget, especially if you are a CEO. So that's the first thing I tell people is if you are a CEO and you're running a nonprofit or you're running a, a company, a small company, uh, you. Would, I'm stumped by how many people come to me and they're like, I don't have a budget. Okay, well, you should mm-hmm. have a budget every year as your professional development because otherwise you're not growing. So that's the first thing is you know, if you're like a CEO, come up with that budget. If you are an individual and you're loving what you hear, go to your boss because there's going to be funds for you. And a lot of times in organizations, those funds aren't used or they're not used in the right ways. So you could probably, what I, what I usually tell people is you, you could probably go to your boss. I could probably write a proposal and you could go to them and get your company to pay for either all or Half of it. So that's really what I do. I mean, if you're on your own, um, I'm probably, I mean, there are some packages that I do that um, are lower touch and more high scale where you're going to be doing a lot of the work yourself, like checklists and things like that that I can provide. But if you want that high touch, which is usually creates the most results, you're probably going to want to put a good investment into it. And if you need some help, either come up with the budget or go to your manager and get get more money for it.
1: Awesome, awesome. And, and it's crucial to know your budget. And for the entrepreneur who's listening, and they say, Okay, um, sounds like, you know, it's going to be 1000s and 1000s and 1000s and 1000s of dollars. Um, but what type of returns have you seen? Mm -hmm. And I don't mean just money, but even in people like how you've been able to blossom people, maybe getting them over, you know, some hurdles, some trauma, some insecurities, like what type of returns have you seen with your clients?
0: Yeah. So I'll talk a lot about some of the the folks who are the only ones at work. And, um, I I've seen there's, I mean, I coach people who are the only ones at work all over the world, Uh, you know, because one was a black man in England, and I'll bring him up because it was, he was um, the only one on the executive team, the only black person. And um, it's everything from clarity to confidence, promotions, he ended up getting promoted. Um, I ended up having um, every career coaching client I've had has had some sort of promotion or a career change. Uh, I had one client. He he got promoted twice during the time that we worked together, and he was he he actually ended up getting some funding from his manager because his manager was seeing that this was actually increasing their his productivity as well. Uh, I would say that one of the most meaningful was a client that I had, um, and she was the only executive on her team. It was a tech company and they just weren't treating her well. And when she came to me, she was completely like on her knees, very upset, Um, kind of uh, angry too, Uh, angry, traumatized. Um, And so it was at the beginning, it was really hard to work with her because I think at that point she was skeptical of everything and her boss had paid for her to come to me. Um, And one of the things that came out of that, and it's not necessarily what the organization wants, even though they paid for it, but she ended up leaving that company and getting a big promotion. and just now she's thriving, has more confidence, she has a better relationship with her team. So I might even be able to provide you with some clarity on next steps for you um and also provide you with a little bit more serenity as you move on in your career. So those are some of the things that I do. And some examples, especially when it comes to the individual perspective.
1: All right, I know you entrepreneurs. You're always like, "Well, what's the bottom line? What's the point?" But it's it's like therapy. I mean, try you try it out, and if it doesn't hurt, keep doing it. (laughs) You know, it it hasn't hurt you. Now, when you talk about companies, you know, hiring um, you for maybe one of their workers, how does that work out? Is it usually, let's say, the the black Person and the only one, right, in that department or in that company, are they reaching out to you, or is their boss saying we need to better support uh, this person, and we'd like to bring you in? And, and and I'm asking this for a reason because a lot of times when the fox is saying, "Hey, this is how you know the henhouse should work," um, they try to put us in these boxes and, you know, keep things safe for them. So I just want to know, like, who reaches out to you to say, we need help typically?
0: Yeah. So the way it should work, (laughs) so I I could tell you about the way it should work and the way it works Mm -hmm. now, but the way it should work is you go to your boss and you say, Hey, I want some professional development money for coaching. And this is, these are some of the benefits I think it can provide. You go out, you talk to three coaches. Maybe I'm one of them. I always encourage people to talk to more than one because my style is different from other people. And then you go back to your manager and you say, okay, here are the, the three coaches and this is the one I want and take a look. What do you think? So that's the way that it should happen. The way it happens too much is I'll get a... A white executive reaching out, white male executive, and just keeping it real because that's what most of them look like. And they'll they'll come to me and they'll say, "Hey, I hear you coach the only ones at work. I have this person on my team that's a problem right now, and so can you coach them?" And so, <laughs> and that's there's so many things wrong with that. So typically, what I say is, "Hey, you know, I give them the 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 uh, instructions that I just gave everybody else. Go to them, tell them, hey, I have some money for you." this be something you're interested in? And you find the people that you think would work. So that's how it, um, again, should work. Um, If you're someone that's kind of on your own, then again, I I would kind of come up with a budget and maybe three people. And, And again, like the budget that you may have may not be what the budget should be for coaching. It just depends on, again, what you want, the services. Again, how much how much touch you want. If you want high touch, it's more. If you want less touch, it's it's less.
1: Yep, because you're paying for time, people. As a consultant, yeah. I just am very just it's a it's a touchy subject because people, you know, oh hey, you mean this isn't free? You're brilliant. I can't get it for free.
0: Nah. <laughs> no, can't get, can't. don't <laughs> ever ask me for that. So do not. <laughs> do not. <laughs>
1: Yes. So what, you know, besides having something to talk about on your your speaking tours, you know, tell us about the book, why the book and, you know, how long did it take you, you know, to create this masterpiece?
0: Yeah, I'm really excited, everyone. So I have a book out called Leading Below the Surface, How to Build Real and Psychologically Safe Relationships with People Who Are Different from You. And it's on it's on pre-order on Amazon. By the time this airs, it'll be out widely. Go order the book. Um, it's It's a book that takes on the surfaceness and confronts the surfaceness of corporate culture. And it's a book that genuinely guides you to build real relationships with people who are different from you. I'm also excited to announce that Amy Edmondson, who is the Harvard professor that coined, the term psychological safety and the concept psychological, psychological safety wrote my Ford. So it's a, it's really amazing to be endorsed in that way. And so the book is also a, it's a already a bestseller and it's on pre-order. And so I'm, I'm hoping, and I'm actually not hoping I'm going to manifest that it makes a huge difference in business because the reason why I wrote this book is because I was constantly the only one at work in, in some of these corporate roles and. These DEI programs would never work. They they were made for people like me, but they were ridiculous, right? Uh, Very programmatic, and I was part—I was complicit in all these programs because I ran leadership development programs, and we talked about diverse talents and, you know, where to move them and like chess pieces, and and so they just never worked. And so this book is a way to change the world and how we interact with each other because. We don't think about how we interact with people. We think about what we're gonna get from people, right? Like, like when when you think about corporate diversity, people are thinking, what am I gonna get from Kellen if if I hire him? Oh, I'm gonna get representation on my team instead of how are you gonna treat Kellen and how are you going to you, you know develop real relationships as as you hire people that are different from you. And again, it's it's diversity is the first step inclusion is like the hardest thing to do and this book really helps that and it will help entrepreneurs too in the way that it'll help with your customers if you have customers who are different from you it will help with communities so i see a lot of entrepreneurs set up these communities and you know making sure you're inclusive in your communities that not like everybody doesn't look the same or feel the same and and so how can you connect with people who are different from you in your community. Like I might migrate towards people in my community that are like me, but what about people that are absolutely opposite, different from me? And so that's the book, I'm very excited. And, and yeah, check it out, It's uh, it took about 18 months to write it from start to finish. I think I started writing it in probably March of 2020 when we were, I, I had an idea maybe that January last year started writing it uh and then i got serious about it i went through like a writer's workshop and a writer's group from april may like last spring and so now it's out and we're in october so it takes time uh it's i'm i'm thinking it's probably going to be the best investment i ever made in my business ever though
1: no that's beautiful that's beautiful can you talk about for the person who may be listening and they you know they may be um Uh, A Caucasian person executive and say, you know, we've done a lot, um, but companies don't always get it right. I, I often talk about an experience I know of personally with Zillow and I'm like, how do you hire this person? to deal with black people (laughs) and they think, you know, spending a hundred thousand dollars on the black ski weekend is a great thing to recruit people. I'm like, instead of going to the HBCUs that they know nothing about. Right. (laughs) Um, so can you, can you, can you talk about, you know, the, just your experience in corporate because you've been in this and sometimes when you're in this for a while you're considered safe you know you won't start beating the the drums like uh, my nigerian brothers when service isn't right at the airport can you just talk about your experience and what you've seen because i'm sure you've made great changes but you've probably seen some great pain i mean it's hard to be the only one in an office
0: yeah, and I talk about this in my book. I mean, I, I'm even going to admit it. I was the safe person, and it didn't work. It, it didn't work. I tried to be safe. I tried to to check the boxes, but nope, not that did not work. And I was very unhappy. And I'm not going to lie and act like oh, I just jumped out of this. No, that took a lot of time. It was like an existential identity crisis. I had to figure out what I was going to do. But uh, you know what was hardest is going into these talent meetings. And seeing people like me constantly passed up for stupid reasons, like, oh, I don't know if she's ready. But then the next guy was a white guy and was like, oh, our kids go to school together. I mean, literally, this is the stuff that happens. And so with the safe stuff, I guess, I think that's what you're asking about is being safe. And what does that look like? And uh, yeah, I mean, it's it, you have to make a decision. And it's, once you make that decision, it takes years. And I I just think one day I I, I had this, this situation where there's someone just didn't like me at, at work, and they had a lot of influence and power. And I refused to change myself for them or try to, at that point, and it just didn't end well on their ends. And I ended up leaving. And after that, I was like, I never look back. I'm like, I never want to work in an environment like that ever again. I'm not a piece of Play-Doh, you know, like, <laughs> and it felt like I was Play-Doh and the, the, the Play-Doh wasn't, you know, it was dried out for her and she couldn't move it enough. So, so then she, there's, she punished me in all these different crazy ways that, you know, I didn't even know she could do, but it's, it's a trip, you know? And so it's, I I wanna leave with this, like, even if you are safe, it's not gonna do much for you, right? It's, I think we think that that's the formula for success, but it's not.
1: Well, sometimes it's even, I I reference a a boondocks episode, you know, the first episode, and Huey's trying to tell the people, you know, giving them the real, you speak so well, and everybody's just (laughs) clapping at the garden party. And so, where you know, it's, I want to go even even deeper on the other side, because you are looked at, you know, from the black people as you are the person who can help me in this scenario. But are you radical enough? Will you tell these people exactly? Yeah.
0: Talk about how that. Oh, my gosh. I am so glad you brought that up. My gosh. I, I, you know, to be fair, I don't. I don't see it as being radical or not. I see it as being, you know, embodying this, a new type of leadership and a new type of being that's going to, that's going to make you happier. That's going to make you feel more confident. That's going to bring you less stress. And these are, these are resources I never had. And and that's why I always say to people, I might not be your coach, and I, I'm co- I'm confident about saying that I, I am not. You know, my big influence was my grandma, and my grandma, you know, migrated from Jackson, Mississippi, in the 1950s because my mother went and drank from a colored fountain and refused, and it was right after Emmett Till was killed, and she migrated from. A, you know, Topeka, Kansas, well, Jackson, Mississippi, Topeka, Kansas to Iowa. So I grew up in Iowa of all places and people make fun of me for that, but it's because my grandma was running away from racism, you know, and that's how I ended up there. And, you know, the reason why I'm sharing this is because my grandma, even after all of that, she, she was just an inspiration to so many people in her life. And it's, uh, she was a, she was a, I mean, all three of those matriarchs, her sister lived into their 90s And it wasn't about being radical, right? It was about, you know, progression for us as people. And um, that's how I see it. You know, I I don't see, I I see this as a holistic thing. Um, And it doesn't, again, it doesn't make me any less black or any less credible because I'm not out there, you know, talking about this in a certain way. Um, I think there are other people out there that are doing that. And that's great. And I think... We need all of it, and so I, I think that I, I'm so happy you brought this up, Kellen, because it's like sometimes we expect that all Black people have to speak the same way or all be very you know radical in our in our language, but that's not true. I mean, we need we need other voices, and I, I'm happy to stand by those radical voices. And again, I, I think, but but a lot of my work is more from the holistic side of things.
1: No, I love it, and you know, there's various um communities it's and it's not just us but when you're black um it, it hits and i know that you know the lgbtq community you you support and someone could say the same thing you're not pushing our issues enough it's yeah. like i gotta fight on all levels yeah. <laughs> from every community and you know well if you don't say us first and it's like my goodness let the woman work you know yeah. let her yeah yeah yeah.
0: Yeah. You know, it's interesting. And one more point about that. So in my book, I talk about um, the terrible three biases and, and that, that are tearing up our workplaces. And one, affinity bias migrating towards people like you. The second one is confirmation bias, like basically confirming your biases. And the third is in-group bias. And when we're thinking about in-group bias and the issues with that, it's like, it's like what you just talked about. It's like, Again, there's, there's a solidarity is one thing, right? But when it's to the point that everybody outside your group is, you know, othered and outcasted, that's been me. And so I don't want to perpetuate that again. I think there's other ways forward. Again, you can have a strong in group, but it's a question that if it's becoming to a point where that's all you care about, because in order to have belonging in the workplace, we we have to get outside those lines.
1: And, and I love how those of you who are listening um, when she moved closer to the mic, because there was like a beeping in the back and such a professional. She got closer to the mic and it made me move my mic even closer um, because I was like, yeah, I love it. Now, can you tell the people with you know all the success that you have had and the best is yet to come because you're so young, um, what is a community give back that you are doing or that you would like to do in the future that you haven't mentioned?
0: Yeah, so I'm in Chicago. So for those of you that are hearing all the the assortment of sounds, I'm in Chicago proper. So that's kind of that's the nature of the beast here. But any but with um, so I am the president of the True Star Youth Media Board, and that is an organization, Chicago-based organization. And what we do is we we have youth media education for underprivileged youth mainly on the south and west sides of chicago and so we go into schools we also have digital programs i absolutely love this this organization we're growing really fast Uh, it's a it's like a social entrepreneurship company also a nonprofit. so we're doing a lot from the educational end i mean we've had kids go through our programs that are now like one works for the atlanta hawks so again this is not Mm. this is not small potatoes Like we are, you know, another one is a a huge lawyer uh, here in Chicago. And so I I just love watching these kids and, and seeing what they do and and they're really the future. And and they, they spoke out a lot during the pandemic and it's just really nice because I think a lot of times we were trying to tell kids stories in what they were going through and not being in school. And so it was so nice to, to give them an outlet to really express what was really happening and not, not by, from the adult perspective. and so. That's a big thing I do. I, I would say that's that's probably where I spend most of my time. I'm on a couple other boards too, and and but that's that's probably my 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 baby there.
1: <laughs> no, awesome, awesome. Well, tell the people um, where they can connect with you. That you have some beautiful websites. I'm definitely going to have the links in the description. But give them your last words and where they can connect.
0: Yeah. So uh, Latanya Wilkins. So Instagram at Latanya Coaching. Twitter at Latanya Wilkins. LinkedIn, LaTanya Wilkins. And then if you want to check out the book, go to leadingbelowthesurface.com. Again, leadingbelowthesurface.com, just spelled out, and you could find everything there.
1: You guys have been blessed by the game. If you do nothing else, share this with someone, it will change their life. Be blessed.
2: Hi, everyone. Have you ever been curious about visiting Africa? Which African country were you interested in? Kenya, Nigeria, Uganda, South Africa, Ethiopia, Which country are you interested in? My good friend, Kellen Cash Coleman, So imagine what you can do with $100 back home. I stay back home because I'm from Sudan, I'm African, I already know how it's like, I know that you know when you convert Canadian and American money, it goes a long way when you're traveling across Africa. So if you're curious, um, if if Africa is a place that you've always wanted to go, always wanted to move there, Kellen Cash is the person to ask. Check out the course, there's a little preview you can listen to um, before you actually purchase it. If you're interested in this course, visit www.diversifiedgame.com
0: Don't miss out.
1: Thanks for getting in the game and listening to the Diversified Game Podcast with Kellen, the number one show pairing entrepreneurship with diverse and inclusive perspectives like wine and cheese, bagel and lox, fish and grits,